Living Enlightened podcast. I am Michelle from Michelle R. Price Lightworker. And I am Becca from Insightful Connections. Welcome to the podcast, Beck. Absolutely. Welcome to you too. I can't believe it's, what, nearly a week since we've done our last one. I know, I know. Because you were. I know. Um, And you weren't feeling super well a little while ago. You had COVID and so we sort of skipped a week and here we are again. Um, Episode 40, I think, today, maybe. 38, 39, 39, nearly at 40. 40 is going to be next week episode. Very Um, cool. Yeah, so we've just been having a really great time doing this. Um, Beck and I, you know, just like to get together and have a little chat and uh, today I'm going to draw a card. Beck drew a card last time, so I'm going to draw a card for this episode. And I've already done that, but I'll get into that in a second, Beck. So today our mission is to get you to learn something, share some tips and tricks and just opinions and give you some guidance with, like Michelle said, her card draw. Yeah. And so the theme today, we always like to have a theme. Otherwise, we're just sitting here nattering away like two little mother hens. Um, but today which, we're talking about Divine which, which Feminine. Which would still work. Which would still work. Everyone wants to listen to that. <laughs> Uh, divine feminine so we're sort of comparing divine feminine and masculine and how they've sort of changed I guess um, you know since the um, you know 2000s began I think a lot of changes have happened there's you know we've seen certain trends maybe starting to kind of you know get a bit old and maybe be phased out so I thought it might be interesting especially based on some of the uh, civilizations you know that have ended over the years and what did or didn't go so well for them. Um, so, yeah, I thought we might have a chat about that today. It seems to be a little bit of a common theme that's been uh, coming up in the 21st century, Rebecca. So very excited to get into that theme today. But um, before we could jump in, uh, what's been going on with you? Had anything of note, anything particularly going on for you? Well, I have been. I was, um, obviously, when I was sick, <clears throat> I, was, I was grounded to my room. So <laughs> I couldn't go anywhere. I was just listening out to the um, to what was going on in the household and how that was running without me, which was which is always very um, interesting to mm. to sit back and just not be in the the thick of it. <laughs> oh, everyone survived. Nobody got harmed. It was brilliant. Hooray! <laughs> and that's all you can ask for. But um, so I was coming. I was going scrolling through the socials and things like that, and I came across a um starting for the first of june a lady who was doing um i'm just trying to find it while i'm talking to you um she was doing month of june daily gratitude posts and kaz life adventures so it's karen daniel and i'll put um the link up there and it's been really amazing because I've, I've been doing this with her every day and granted I did miss a day and what have you. So obviously I was my my grateful post for that day in the comments. So she's getting up and she's filming herself and saying what she's grateful for um, and how hard it was for her at first to to do it. Like she almost backed out. She was like, oh, I don't, don't know if I think, but she persisted. And um, so she's been doing this and it's it's just beautiful, the messages and, and you know, the, the, the gratefulness that she comes up with every day, which is just so healing for the soul. Um, and, and as I said, I've, you know, I've missed a day here and there, but one of my posts was, I am so grateful that I could go back <laughs> and put in a post for being grateful today. <laughs> Technology is just, it's just amazing you that you that. can do that. So that's what I've been um, doing. So I've been focusing on, you know, things that I'm grateful for. 
Beck, I want to um, wonder if you want to mention that amazing little um, sign from spirit without going into detail about circumstances, but you had yeah. an amazing, you know, remember my little tiny white feather that I had and I was whinging about, oh, my angel's on strike. I need to pay my angel more. I got this silly white feather. Um, but your <laughs> daughter got amazing confirmation, you were saying, um, during a little convo. We did. We were having, I was having a little conversation with my with my baby girl and um you know, just sort of letting her know that she was she was strong and she was, you know, the strength she has. She's a little warrior. And um, right after I finished having this conversation with her, this little tiny little feather, little, mm-hmm. little, little, little feather just floated down in between us and we both sort of like our eyes popped out of our head. <laughs> like, Amazing. see, see, Mia, you are loved and you are protected and you'll 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 be fine. So um such a good it example was, was, of angels oh, answering your prayers. Like it's just oh, mind-blowing. It beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So. so special. I love that. Thanks for sharing. I um, just thought that was a beautiful story. You told me off air and I was like, that is just perfect. You know, it's like those little things that happen when you're not expecting it. And that's the thing. A lot of people are always looking for stuff. And I had that conversation getting into, I guess, my week. I had a conversation with a gentleman yesterday who used to be a healer, very good healer. And he's just completely lost faith. Um, which is such a shame. And it does happen. You know, he's really lost faith. He's been homeless. He's, you know, had a lot going on. And, you know, it's moments like that where you're trying to tell them, you know, you just have to keep faith. You just have to, you know, have hope. You've got to have something. And, you know, those little white feathers and those sorts of stories, they're the ones that you remember. They're the things you go, oh, remember that happened to me. I remember that. And that's what keeps us going. You know, that's what you have to hold on to. Um, Beck, I had an amazing time on the weekend. I had the Kokoda Challenge, um, which for people who don't know, we obviously had, um, you know, Kokoda in uh, PNG. Um, And so that's, you know, established itself over in Australia with uh, the Gold Coast Kokoda Challenge. So they do 96 kilometres through the hinterland on the Gold Coast and it's got to be within 39 hours. Um, This 96 represents 96th Battalion who was sent to PNG um, to fight in uh, the Kokoda Challenge um war and so um you know they've brought it to brisbane so they do it in brisbane and they do it on the sunshine coast but they actually have varying degrees of distances so it was 18 30 or 48 we did the 30 um which unfortunately or fortunately i don't know i mean everything happens for a reason but they actually mismeasured the distances so our friends did the 18k um and rebecca knows um deborah so deborah took a bunch Love of school kids around deborah Love yeah, Deborah. and they Hi, were meant to be doing 18k. But guess how many k's they did? They mismeasured the distance. Not not Deborah, the team organisers or the event organisers. Guess how much the distance was out? 18k. Guess how much they did? Oh gosh, I'm, I'm going to say about 38. No, not that. Not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be 20 k's more. That'd be pretty normal. Uh, no, seven k's more. So 25. Wow. So, and you think about school kids, it's getting yeah. dark, cold, you know, all of that. So she was a real trooper. She loved it. She didn't complain about it or anything, but there's been a lot of commentary about the um, the distances and the organisers getting it wrong. Look, it was their first ever Sunshine Coast Challenge. So, you know, hats off for um, organising it. And there was a lot of rain, so they did have to sort of rearrange the course and, you know, all of that because there was areas that just completely flooded. So they've done a pretty good job, but um, the 48K is, they had a 48K challenge as well, which um, the cutoff for the 48K challenge was 4am. So a lot of people walked through the night. The last people that finished 48K finished at 2am. So you can imagine it's pretty, pretty intense. Um, They actually did 52. 
So that one was 4Ks out, um, the 48K. But I mean, 48K, you get to the 48K mark and you're looking at your watch and that's what we did. We got to 30K and we're looking at our watch and we're going, we're in the middle of the forest. Where's the finish line? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's that moment of panic where you're yeah. kind of going, oh, oh, we've done something wrong. We've done something wrong. What's happening here? So I'm going to go more into that into the show today because it is that divine masculine and feminine. And we had Jason in the team, my husband, and three girls. So you can imagine we're all sitting there like very nervous. And so I'll go into that more in the show because that's, I guess, that balance between the male and the female, you know, the uh, spatial awareness, the whole, you know, knowing where things are. So that was really, really good. It pulled us all together. Um, But yeah, the 18Ks did 7K more um, and we actually did for almost four kilometers more so we did 30 we ended up doing 34 so it was just yeah it was just it's not what you expect and when you're sort of going 29 we got 1k to go this is the last hill la 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 and then you kind of get to 30 and you're like we're in the forest (laughs) it's a bit deflating I've got to tell you it's a bit deflating so um, the flares oh mate I tell you what so I will go into that more um, during the challenge. And today I'm actually going out for another business part walk, which I'm super excited about. So I just love getting out there, talking to business owners and, um, you know, spreading the word about our little volunteer committee that we've set up, the um, business or a business committee. And uh, we've got our networking event tomorrow night. So um, we've got the guy from Amazing Oil speaking, Lee, uh, the dancer, yoga instructor, um, extraordinaire. So I don't know what we've got in store, but he's a very entertaining guy. And we're heading to Brouhaha, which is a brewery. Um, so it should be fab. Everyone gets a complimentary drink, Rebecca. Isn't that fabulous? Uh, anyway, so Gateway of Light Activation um, is the deck I'm using today. And look at that, Rebecca. Don't we love it? We get the deck, the card on the front of the deck. Isn't that we wonderful? Do. Yes, I love that. Whenever I get the one on the front, I'm like, you are special. That's magic. Um, so this is the third eye, uh, representing the third eye. And it reminds me a lot of the tattoo on my arm because it's got that sort of um, figure eight. Mm-hmm. symbol there as well so very much an infinity um there's yes. a bit of a sunrise you can see the sunrise there you can see mountains so almost very significant of the you know the sun coming up and the third eye opening you know it's when you um go to sleep um if you consider it a sunset i guess you go to sleep the third eye opens you know you close your eyes to go to bed and um that's all about third eye activation um so dreams we talked about jade before off air Um, So maybe using some crystals, if you're listening to this, using some crystals to activate the third eye, Um, you can Google it or you can use lapis lazuli, fluorite, um, clear quartz I wouldn't use for sleep, um, but amethyst is great. Um, There's many, many crystals that you can use. uh, Labradorite is another good one. I'm just having a look at what I've got on my desk, Uh, but they're all fabulous for uh, opening third eyes. If you want to enhance your dreams, pre-night, P-R-E-H-N-I-T-E. So they're all really, really good. So we might put some of those into the show notes. I'll just make a note of that. Um, But that is our card for today. So activating the third eye. So what the third eye controls is intuition, listening to your gut, your gut instinct, the inner knowing, clear cognizance. Um, So that's what we're really trying to tap into here. Beck, actually, I do have something amazing to talk about as well. Look at me go. Um, I'm going to start a 40-day kundalini uh course so my girlfriend's teaching kundalini uh tash she's amazing and so we're actually doing 40 days i've got to be ready at five i've got to be up and ready in front of the telly um so i'm gonna you know channel it through the tv or through my ipad or something but she's going to do a live kind of zoom session and it starts at five so it has to be before sunrise that we do it so it's funny funny with the sunrise on the card it is um, there 
because we have to do it. That's very important where the energy, it's bringing the energy through as the sun's coming up. So she's doing it all online so anyone can do it. I might even put the link into the show notes for this as well. Yeah. So Tash Hamilton is her name. She is an amazing human. So she's trained in, um, what is it, shiatsu, uh, massage, Thai massage, like all this sort of stuff, um, and kundalini. So she's an activator and a teacher. Um, so I'm just going to put. And that's uh, tomorrow morning, is it? Oh, uh, no, it starts this Friday. So for the Friday. listener at home, we record ahead of time. So for Becca, um, it starts this Friday. That's the 24th. Um, but it'll go, run for 40 days and you can join any time or you can watch it later. Um, but it does start on the 24th of June. We just record a little bit ahead of time. Uh, crystals in show notes for sleep. I'm just making a little note here. Um, so, yeah, 5 a.m. It goes for the first one will go for about an hour and a half. Generally, it's going to go for about an hour. And it's yep. every day for 40 days. And I just, you know, my husband's like, you're not going to do it. There is no way you're going to be up at 5 a.m. to do this thing. This, And he doesn't even know what Kundalini is. So he's just like, you're not going to get up. And I'm like, you know what? I actually am. And I want to challenge myself. And if one morning I sleep in, I'll watch the replay. But my intention is to get up for 40 days and to do it. Because these are the things that get you out of that little routine. We talked last time, remember, a residual we routine. Did. We did. And this residual. is where we get out of the slump. This is how we get out of it. It's like people need to push themselves. I have people come in all the time and they're like, oh, I'm stuck. Oh, you know. But it's like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing that's different? You need yep. to mix it up a little bit. So that's what I'm trying to do with this challenge. So mm-hmm. I'll put a link in the show notes to Tasha's little challenge there. And if you want to join late, I'm sure it's fine um, for the listener at home who isn't going to hear this for a couple of weeks. Um, But the third activation is wonderful because it shows me the sunrise. And I think that that is uh, absolutely perfect. So um, can you flick me that link too today? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Please, please, please. Yep. I saw you getting very excited about that bit. I was. I'm writing notes. (laughs) All right. So (laughs) did you want to kick things off for the show, Rebecca? Uh, absolutely. We can dive in. I don't mind. Absolutely. Well, I know you're going to focus a little bit more around like Atlantis and the different energies and things there. Yeah. But what, um, what I just sort of wanted to talk about was, you know, with the feminine and masculine energies and changes in roles, you know, in the modern day and finding our foot in in those everyday roles. So Mm -hmm. facing different challenges as, you know, a a feminine stepping into a masculine role and a masculine stepping into a feminine role. Yeah. And facing the triggers that come with that because a lot of it sets up, um, you know, triggers for us, anxiety. Mm -hmm. And this is all about us knowing what we don't want so that we can make space for what we do want. So on Instagram... Um, again while I was off sick and um, unfortunately I can't give credits to its postage origins origins (laughs) as I didn't save it but it was of this little penguin and it was around being triggered and this cute little image cartoon of this little penguin says to the effect that triggers me and puts me into flight or fight mode and he pauses and then he says in a very firm but soft voice I'm a flightless bird. And I laughed. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, isn't that fantastic? It is fantastic. It was so cute, but it also resonated and it got me thinking that just how powerful that was 
for me. It's really good. Um, it was acknowledging the feelings of being triggered and setting response boundaries and that, you know, insinuation of going into flight mode wasn't a knee-jerk reaction. So what happens is when we get to, to fight or flight response, we just react because of the adrenaline in our bodies and, and those sorts of things. But this this little this little penguin had everything sorted out. It was just like, you know, and that triggers me. I'm a flightless bird. Isn't that beautiful? I love and it. It's it a was, simple stuff. This is what we talk about, Beck. Simple. Absolutely. So responding with identifying fear and your emotions with empathy and, and with a bit of practice because it does take practice to get out of that, that residual um, um, knee-jerk reaction, um, which lets you have awareness of and control of what you do. And I think it's one of the biggest takeaways of how things have changed surrounding our mental health and awareness and boundary setting. Um, you know, that just judging is just not helpful, but listening and accepting accept, acceptance of others' emotions, but knowing that acceptance doesn't mean approval and moving forward in a way to connect with your inner self. Wow. And that's what I got from that. That that was my takeaway from this this sweet little penguin. Isn't that incredible? And it's so yeah. simple. And see, that's something that even, you know, it's a good concept for even children. And because you and I both work with kids and mm. sometimes things are just hard to explain, you know, but like I've said before, in terms of, um, I guess, you know, some of the more tricky subjects, you know, like uh, death or whatever it is, you know, growing up when I was a little kid and I was like, oh, what happens and what is this? And I'm a little bit scared of it all. But then Dad got me that awesome little book, What Happens When You Die? And that just changed my life, you know? And it was so simple. It was just about a little bird that flew into a window and got hurt. And, um, you know, it's like he didn't survive. But it was like I understood the concept then that, you know, sometimes that happens, someone gets sick or whatever it is, and it just, it made sense, you know? And I felt a lot better about it. And I read that book, like, so many times. You know, kids, I love to read the same things. But it's like it just gets into your head and you, you understand it. So, for me, it helped me get rid of that fear. And, um, you know, I just think that's such a great little concept that um, Beck just outlined there. So if you have that image, maybe we can put that into the show notes. Yeah, um, well, I didn't save it. So if I do come across it again, ah, I, will, okay. I will, you know, add it yeah, in that's a good at one. a later date. But, um, yeah, so I'd like to be able to give credit to to the origins of that. But I Yeah, just, not sure where it came from. No, I was too so, caught up in the moment to, to, to yeah. save it. <laughs> And that happens, well, that happens a lot too because you see these things at just the right time, you know. Yeah, that's um, right. So, yeah, great example. All I, I just wanted to continue my thought from earlier here. Just uh, It was a good example, I guess, of the masculine and the feminine and stepping into those roles. And because I am a leader, you know, you know me, uh, very dominant. I can be very dominant. But um, I guess I've learned being married and being with, you know, Jason for, you know, 11 years odd. Um, that, you know, I do need to step down sometimes and let him step up. And leading up to this Kokoda challenge, he was really reluctant. Jason suffers from a lot of anxiety. Um, he really struggles with that. So a lot of the time he preferred to just be at home on his own, you know, not doing a hell of a lot. And so even towards the, you know, Kokoda challenge coming up, the Sunshine Coast one, he was like, oh, maybe I won't do it. Maybe I'll pull out because I had a couple of other girls come up and say, hey, I'd really love to do this challenge. So he was like, I'll just put them in. I, I won't do it. And I just felt like I really wanted him to do it. I really felt like I, I it was going to be good for him. So yeah. I persisted. We went. He did it. And he just immediately, immediately, Rebecca, stepped into this captain role. 
He's like, all right, guys, um, we're heading in this direction over here. Um, it's approximately 3Ks until the next checkpoint. We've got a checkpoint at 10 kilometers and then another one about two kilometers after that. Um, have you got sunscreen? Where's your heart? Have you had enough water? Um, where's your jumper? You got a jumper? You got a jumper? You're getting it burnt. They pick red on the neck. Let's put some sunscreen on here. And we're all just like, wow. All right, guys, we're up the hill now, up the hill. Watch your footing. La, la, la. Here's your stick. If you got a stick, do you need a stick? Where's your stick? You know, like walking sticks, you know. And we're like, oh, my God. Um, he just really, and I didn't say anything. I just beep, didn't say anything. So I let him do his thing. And he was like, he had a different shirt on to the rest of us as well. He had a white shirt. We all have black shirts. So it was like the team captain was highly recognizable because I'm like, do you want your black shirt? And he's like, I'm wearing, I'm wearing the white shirt. I'm like, all right. Um, so he was a team captain. So it was like, everyone can find me. Everyone can see me because I'm wearing the white shirt. I'm like, all right. Um, so it was just, it was just, it was so funny. And we all just, we were just like, yep, no worries. Um, that's fine. And so we called him Captain Brewski because um, that was his DJing name. Um, so he became Captain Brewski. And I was like, I'm so glad because, I mean, you know, I lived with women. I've lived with women in share accommodation. I've worked with women. And it's like I generally find, Rebecca, and you've probably found the same, if there's too many women in a, you know, workplace or whatever, uh, it tends to be a little, can get a little funny, a little maybe bitchy sometimes and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm the eldest of seven and I oh, have yeah. five sisters. Oh, you've only got the one, haven't you, one brother? brother. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I get it. Yeah. So it's like the whole, yeah. So the share accommodation thing, it's always good to have a bloke, you know, in there and all the workplaces have worked in because you news is largely women mm-hmm. and pretty much always we would have a guy come in for work experience or we'd have one dude, you know, do news, but men do find it hard to do news because it is very multitasking. So it is more of a feminine sort of thing, especially radio because radio is very much multitasking TV can kind of get away with it. Um, so we didn't have a lot of men, but we would always seem to find a male, you know, whether it was a um, permanent or part-time or casual or just a um, work experience guy. And it always seemed to balance it out. And I just felt the same leading into Kokoda. I thought it'd be great to have four women, but when you're out there and things are getting tough and people are getting, you know, broken toenails and band-aids and blisters and whatever, it's like, sometimes you just need that, that guy. And um, what was really funny, Beck, is we pulled into one of the checkpoints and there was a paramedic there. And one of the girls was really struggling. She actually didn't tell us, but she had Kokoda, uh, COVID rather. And um, so she'd only got over it about a week and a half before Kokoda. Wow. And didn't tell anyone. So she was the one I was a bit where, you know, wondering if she was actually going to do it. And um, so there was another girl like that could have stepped in, but I kept checking in with her and she just kept saying she was fine. She was fine. And then she got there that day and she's like, um, she didn't say it to me, but she told um, Jason that she had COVID. And so getting on those hills and you know what it does to your lungs. Yeah. Can you imagine like a week and a half after you had it, like going and doing a 30K, 34K walk um, up and down, like really steep terrain. And uh, she couldn't, she couldn't. Um, so we had to keep going back. And that's why we were actually there at 6 p.m. We got to the finish line at 6. We should have been there closer to 5. Um, but it took us an extra hour because we had to keep going back and getting her and waiting for her. And it was, it was pretty painful. But anyway, we got to this checkpoint and there was a paramedic there. And he was hilarious. And this is, again, a male, you know, male paramedic. And we rocked up and he, like, she pulls these shoes out. She goes, I might put my trail shoes on because she had these um, trekking boots from Kmart and they were just, like, really hurting her feet. So she took the Kmart boots off. She was putting her trekking shoes on and the paramedic's going, oh, my God, they look like they've been chewed by a dog. If your shoes been chewed by a dog, ha! And he just thought it was really funny. And we're all like, cool, white, hysterical and quite exhausted. And we're just like, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. So we got a photo with the guy and um, he was just so funny. Like everything, he was just cracking all these jokes and they're probably inappropriate, but who knows? 
that he was like, oh, we're talking about Band-Aids. And he goes, oh, look, he goes, those, um, what do you say, the St. John's Band-Aids are crap. You know, who uses those things? And we're going, are you allowed to say that? <laughs> You're a paramedic. He goes, oh, just buy the Kmart ones, the Woolies ones. They're just as good, you know. And I was like, "You're so funny." So I got a photo of him um, with us, like the girls, and um, I just thought that was really, really great. And it just broke it up, Beck, you know, because it was getting yeah. a little, ooh, a little tense, you know, because um, this lady's realised that you know she was very sick and she didn't train enough and everything else, and it was kind of falling apart. So at that point, it just gave us a little boost, and off we went. So I just thought that was really, really cool. And sometimes it's just that sense of humour. Not saying it's because he was a dude. But sense of humor and just, you know, sometimes that masculine energy is all you really need, you know, to break it up. Which is amazing. It is amazing. Mm. And, you know, he's right too because you only need Band-Aids on while it's bleeding. You don't need it on permanently. No. So they don't need to stay on that long. No. We're not staying on for 365 <laughs> days of the year. Yes. No, that's right. That's right. But, um, yeah, absolutely brilliant because he would have been able to see too that you guys – um, oh yeah you know you would have been tired and exhausted at that point still yeah and and he would have been able to pick up on that and just sort of you know shake it up which is amazing so yeah um, and it's a certain kind of personality I think that can do that you know to be a paramedic is what I'm saying a certain oh, kind of personality because you, you would have to joke wouldn't you someone's lost their arm and you're like ha 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 what do you need the arm for you know like inappropriate but funny I mean, <laughs> you know I mean? it's like sometimes you just gotta laugh you know uh, it's like my son, he has eczema um, and he had his first anaphylaxis reaction to something and the paramedic Ooh. had to obviously give him a couple of shots of um, adrenaline. <laughs> when they arrived, we called them and when they arrived, they, they gave him a shot of adrenaline and then there was another one a little bit later. But because he's got eczema, he's got all these little scratches and little dots all over his skin and she's like, so have they always been there or did they come up? when you had this reaction and he's gone um no they've always been there and and he said something <laughs> and she laughed so hard she laughed so hard she just absolutely adored him um and she goes so all those little marks on your on your body they've been there and he goes yeah yeah except for that one and that one they're new you just gave me them because he had <laughs> she had to give him a needle oh my god Isn't fabulous <laughs> and she thought it was just hilarious that he Isn't knew fabulous you know, which was which and, and what, what have you. Anyway, kids are hilarious. Yes. So I love that the stereotype masculine, feminine, be feminine um, understanding is reaching and has come such a long way and that people are understanding and change is happening and we're not focusing on a particular role and or stereotype value in everyday life so much anymore. Um, so which I'll explain in example in a minute. And, mm -hmm. and obviously, we're all still learning about it, especially the older generations, um, trying to adapt with the, you know, the way things are now. So what it means is that people are resonating more and understanding opposite perspectives. And this is what you were talking about just before, Michelle. Mm -hmm. So bringing out the best, the, the best emotional, oh. ooh, ooh, bringing Beck, out the what best happened? emotional, <laughs> physical, <laughs> Now I can't even get any of my words. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what just, wow. <laughs> all right. We'll edit that. Okay. Okay. Which means that people are resonating more and understanding opposite perspective, which is bringing out the best emotional, psychologically and physically in those who do embrace the energies. So, you know, we truly are at a point where the takeaway is that all feelings are acceptable and worthy, but not all behaviours are. So the balance of the male and fem 
female is the key and the validation is the change in generations, the seeing from another perspective, the worth of another person. So now that I got that all out. <laughs> the way that you read it too is quite funny. I might have to leave everything in there because the way you read it was because you were really trying to say best and not the other word. And it best, just sounded but, very but, like, but, ooh, <laughs> very like full on, like, you know. Uh, oh, hilarious. Quite funny. Hilarious. Uh, all right. So um, I was going to get into, Beck, a little bit about that divine masculine and feminine. And the reason that um, this episode came about is because of um, some of the readings I've been doing, I guess, but also, you know, civilizations and history and, and stuff like that. Because when we sort of look at how things unfold and, and when things go belly up, you know, we talk a lot about, I guess, you know, you think about presidents, you know, presidents, and they always had their first lady. And you think about, you know, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama and, you know, people like that. And she's such an inspiration. Um, I think, you know, a lot of the first ladies are very inspirational and they really balance out sometimes the male, you know, the masculine, the leader, the person yep. who's in charge. Yep. And a lot of the time we do remember those first ladies and Michelle is amazing. I mean, how many talk shows has she been on, you know? I really feel like that's a great relationship, like a really solid relationship. And they just seem to balance each other out super well. You don't always see that, you know, but presidents are a good example. So my thoughts went from things, situations like that to, um, you know, Atlantis. And the theory with Atlantis is that there were, obviously there's men and women living in Atlantis back in the day. And the men sort of dominated, you know, they started to sort of take control. They formed councils, men only councils. Women weren't involved in any of those decisions. Um, so I guess very much like early days politics, there weren't women in politics. There weren't women voting, you know. Um, so the men were sort of taking charge. And we've seen that repeat, you know, over history and the time of uh, federation in Australia. And, um, you know, and eventually the theory is that they developed this amazingly powerful crystal and the men decided, well, we'll give it a go. And the women are going, don't think it's a good idea. And next minute, Atlantis is no more. So, yeah. you know, and Lemuria. And yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and not saying that women don't have ego or anything like that, but you do need that balance. And sometimes yes. you find in a relationship, you know, you and Matt, me and Jason, that they will do certain things and we may then go, hey, um, we might need to think about that. You know what I mean? And vice versa. You know, I might say, this is a great idea. And then Jason might pull me up. So it's like the idea is, I guess, that in that divine masculine feminine situation that we become a little bit maybe more like the other person and they become a little bit more like us. And then we kind of find that, you know, happy balance. And that's what I've certainly found in my relationship, you know, with Jason um, is that he was very much one way. I was very much the other way. I was very masculine leader, do, do, do. But as I said, with the Kokoda challenge, I'm like, right, you can, uh, you can do it. You can step up. Because the last time I did Kokoda was 2008, way before I met him, a couple of years before I met him. So it's um, not always easy to sort of relinquish the power. It's not always easy to do that. But I knew it was important for him to do it and see that he could do it. So that's why I sort of stepped back a little bit. Um, but in terms of, I guess, the, uh, the point that I wanted to make here is I'm seeing a lot of people coming in, especially women who are work, walking away from uh, not healthy relationships, relationships where there's a lot of control, yep. you know, from one side towards them. And uh, they've got kids and a lot of them are going, you know what, I don't want to do that thing anymore. I don't want to be in that relationship anymore. I'm, um, I feel like I'm worthy of uh, not being part of that. And I feel, and this is why I wanted to do this episode, because I really feel like there's a trend towards that sort of relationship being, you know, completely non-existent. I feel like at some point um, we won't be going around, you know, talking about narcissism and things like that anymore, because 
women are starting to really recognize this and whether it's because of COVID, I don't know, because everyone's doing karmic yeah. stuff and past lives and lineage and, you know, all of this karmic healing. Yeah. And men too. Men are victims yeah, of totally. it as well. Oh, completely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm definitely not saying one way or the other. Yeah. But, um, and good point, and thank you for making it. But the point that I'm saying, because, um, yeah, narcissism, there's definitely narcissistic female bosses. I've had a few. So it's like I feel like the more that we kind of go, no, that's actually not acceptable because the, the reason yep. they can do it is that we just allow them. We just go, oh, okay, I'm just I'm going to sit back and, you know, not say anything and I'll let you do your thing. And it's like I just feel like we're not doing that anymore. I really feel like the tables are turning and, and certainly with my clients and um, one, a couple of my clients are struggling with female bosses at the moment. And they're like, you know, this just isn't serving me anymore. And so they're actually getting results, which is incredible because back in the day we became victims. We'd just be like, oh, they're doing this thing to me. Oh, they're doing this thing to me. And now there seems to be this thing where other managers are kind of going, actually, that's not acceptable. You can't do that. You know, that's that's not okay. And that didn't used to happen. So I just feel like there's this real trend away from that narcissistic, you know, personality and I really do feel like we're moving into a different era altogether. It's really exciting, really exciting. And tying up that karma, you know, doing that thing and going, breaking that cycle and going no more, that's, that's you know, changing that karma. It's changing the future. It is. It is amazing. It is huge. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, I've, what I, what I want to say too there is that, um, the communication that is out there so like with Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and everything else that's going on there's a lot more awareness around it which mm -hmm. which I think is just like it's it's like kryptonite for them yep. <laughs> it really is so communicating is huge and communicating in a way that says I do hear you I can see where you're coming from and it could be just that you know, the other person's not understanding or missing something or that you're not understanding or miss, missing something. So understanding is huge. And a, and a major revolution, a revelation for me was that everything um, reacted to comes from a perspective of understanding. So what I'm or someone else is standing and, and the underneath reason, so understanding. An mm. example is the Dirty Dishes encounter with my son. Oh. So I had reached out one morning recently and I had said, I need some help. And my son asked me what he could do. Like, Brilliant. This is going well. <laughs> <laughs> I said to him, can you sort out those dirty dishes? So in my head, my understanding was stack the dishwasher and get it on. Pretty simple oh, as far as I understood. I see where this is going. Yes. Absolutely. So what I received was, I don't do dirty dishes. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> is going on here what just happened I was gobsmacked and I was in such a rush to to try and get stuff done so in my haste I reverted to the I'll just do it myself and I was frustrated and I was thinking you know who do you think you are you're happy to use the dishes but not clean them and I just went into this sort of negative uh, reaction spiral in my <laughs> head and and it went straight to in my head males can clean too and rah 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 so this is this is all going on for me so that set the tone for my day and for his day also so we both had a pretty challenging day separately you know when we sort of touched base at the end of the day mm. but when we spoke about it and it took about five minutes to address now if I had have just taken this five minutes back then it would have been so much better and we had a had much better day um 
what I learned was that my son's understanding was he thought he had to wash them by hand because they were sitting in the sink. Ah. And the dish soap, and I, I spoke about this just before, the dish soap causes his eczema to flare up. Of course it does. So that's all he's thinking. That's right. That's right. So his understanding was not it's a girl's job and I'm above that. It was for not flaring up his condition. So he was so focused on the eczema flaring up and how painful and irritating that can be that the dishwasher never even got a thought in. <laughs> you know, he was just like, you know, responding to, to how he was feeling. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, and, and you've, you've got to, you know, you can't fix this alone. And this is where um, where you are. You've got to you sort of acknowledge where you are and then it's okay to put out positive boundaries in place. And, and positive boundary is taking a few minutes just to clarify. So if I had have done that and Correct. said, why, why don't you do dirty dishes? Mm -hmm. um, even though I was rushed and, and what have you, I'm just making excuses now. But if yeah. I had have said that, why don't you do the dirty dishes? It would have led to his understanding and worry and me saying, all I need is in the dishwasher and turned on and just exactly. turn it on. And communicating in a way that says, I do hear you. I can see where you're coming from. And work on being part of the solution, uh, not part of the creation of issues. So wow. This would have balanced out. This is what I'm thinking here. It would have balanced out my feminine emotional aspect mm -hmm. with my masculine, my problem-solving mm -hmm. aspect. And in turn, my son not explaining, opening up about how it affects him, which is his more feminine side because, you know, that's a feminine thing we like to open up and and talk about things um, and considering a helpful problem solving masculine approach instead of I just don't do that at the end of your sentence full stop and it would have given so much more balance to the situation so it's it's interesting how how you can like you were saying balance things yeah. out yep yeah it's amazing isn't it and it's all like there's so many examples of that because we do communicate differently and that's the really tricky thing um, we, we just don't communicate the same way. So there's a lot of misunderstandings where, and there's some examples I couldn't even think of in a my relationship or my marriage where I've said something in, with a certain intention and it's come across in a completely unexpected way or being received yep. in a completely unexpected way. Yep. Um, and it's just, you know, men and women, they, they communicate differently. So, um, what I was going to say, I guess, at this point was, um, you know, it's quite funny, you know, if you think of an example of a woman locking her keys in the car and, you know, um, a guy walks in the door, um, hey, you know, and, and his wife's like, oh, you know, how was your day? And he's like, oh, yeah, it was a bit of, anno bit of an annoyance. I uh, locked the keys in the car. Uh, anyway, what's for dinner? That's the convo. That's about as, as much as you're going to get. And the woman locks the keys in the car and she'll come home and husband's there and it's like, um, you know, how was your day? And it's like, well, you know, well, first of all, you know, locked my keys. Actually, before I locked my keys in the car, Rhonda called. You know, Rhonda, um, you know, her mum's going through this thing at the moment. She's in this book club or something and I'm reading this book and it was a very interesting book. Anyway, then I locked my, oh, and then at work, I broke my heel on my shoe and then this happened and that happened. And then I, I think I locked my keys. Yeah, I locked my keys in the car and I left the lights on. So then the battery went down. And then, oh, by the way, um, Bob says hi. So Bob at the, uh, the coffee shop um, and this is this. Anyway, 10 hours later, yep. you locked your keys in the car. That's, yeah. that's what we're trying to say here. But women tend to like to go into a lot more detail than what men do. 
But one of the great things, and earlier I was talking about Kokoda and um, how we did, you know, four kilometres over, and I was going to use this as um, an example with Jason and how he really stepped up, is we had this app, and I think it's called the All Trails app, Beck, and we were sort of um, measuring our distances and uh, trying to figure out, you know, we're at 30 k's, we're in the middle of the forest, uh, what on earth is going on here? And there was no one around and it was getting dark, it was getting onto sunset and panic was setting in. And so Jason's there with his spatial awareness and his sense of direction and all this sort of stuff. And he's kind of going, all right, well, um, this has to be the right way because we went here, we did this, we did that, we did this, we did that. And all the things that we haven't had any attention to because what we're doing is looking at our feet and walking. <laughs> we just, we haven't had any attention. So he's like, it has to be, it has to be this way because the things over there, this, 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 we can hear that, whatever. So we're like, all right. So we kept going and we sort of trusted him. Have we been four women, Rebecca? I don't know what would have happened, love. Can you imagine if he didn't do it? And there's four women standing there with this all trails app going, because all we could see, we were a blue dot. And then this is a finish line way over here. And we're yep. looking at that going, what distance, <laughs> what distance is that from there to there? What does that work out to be? It's like, oh my God, Is there a big in between that and us? Can we go that way? Oh, I know. We were, we, were, we were doing that. I'm like, I'll go through barbed wire. I'll go through barbed wire. Like I've got no problem with this. Um, so you can imagine if it was all women and no one to break up this whole cacophony of, you know, stuff that's going on, um, it could have been pretty interesting. We could have ended up going commando, you know, through the bush. Um, so he was like, no, we need to stay on the track. We're going to stay on the path. We'll see other people, I'm sure, blah, blah, blah. So we just kept walking and we walked and we, and then we got our head torches out and it got really dark. And so we're doing that. And, uh, and he just kept on us. He's like, come on ladies, not far. There's a light up in the distance. We can see the township. Now we're walking towards that walk towards the lights, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, it just made such a difference. And there was a photo, you might've seen it with a purple sky that I posted. Yeah, yeah. I took a photo as we were all in front of him. He was, you know, rounding up the, you know, sheep. And he took a photo and it was this beautiful purple sky. And I posted and everyone, I mean, everyone was like, that is so beautiful. Like, that's amazing. And so as we're going along going, can't believe we've got a four Ks extra, you know, because we didn't know at that point how much more we were going to be doing because I just knew yeah. the other ones were out because we'd heard from Deborah and everyone else that it was out. So we knew we were doing extra, but um, we didn't know how much. And so Jason's like, right, um, the distance is there. The lights are there. I reckon we're probably going to do a bit less than 4K. And he was pretty much bang on. He said about three and a half. Yeah. So he's pretty much bang on. Women don't have that kind of spatial awareness. So we just had to rely on him to kind of guesstimate what this was going to be. And he was pretty much bang on. Like it was, it was, it was pretty incredible. So, you know, I just, I'm so proud of him, A. But also like with the communication styles and the way that we see things as women, it's just different. We're, we're not yeah. the same. You know, they were the yeah. hunters. They were the ones that saw over distance. They've got very good eyesight over distance. Whereas women are just peripheral, you know, right around here. Like it's just, we're different. So that was amazing for him to be able to look there and go, yep, that's probably, it's going to be about three and a half pay, yeah. you know, extra. Um, and he was bang on. So, you know, in that situation, it just really calmed the energy and we just felt like, all right, we're just going to knuckle down. We're going to do this thing. We've got our head torches. We were, a lot of them were really, really cold at that point, but we're just going to get over the finish line and we did. So, you know, I just think um, it's all about that communication. Absolutely. And I just want to say too, so when you were talking before about women uh, giving out their, their their day and it was supposed to be like you know this happened and this is yeah. the keys lock the keys in the car and, and that's yeah. where we're at um 
and then everything else comes in. So everybody that you saw, everything that you did, what shoes, colors, wearing. You know, what shoes you're wearing, all of this sort of stuff. So, and, and it makes you sort of wonder because so many times I have actually been having a conversation with Matt and I'll go do the same thing. I'll just go off on my little tangent and, and bring everything in because he needs to know everything because I've yeah. got everything to tell him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he'll only pick up one thing out of that that whole conversation I've said. That's hilarious. That he'll come in. And I'll yeah. be like, out of everything I've just told you, that's all you got? <laughs> that's your takeaway? That's it? <laughs> and it's no wonder. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure they have like these little pegs in their mind, like, Point one, remember that. We can only focus on that that. thing. That's it. Yeah, yeah. How many times have you been having a conversation, Rebecca? You've got a big family. How many times would you, and even with Matt and your kids, been having conversation and it's like women can talk, they they change topics a lot, subjects a lot. And this is the same with Jason and my girlfriends. We'll all be talking about this, talking about that, talking about this. And then you've moved on, your three subjects down the track. And then Matt or Jason or whoever pipes up and goes, oh, blah, and starts to comment on this subject we talked about three subjects ago. And you're just yep. going, we talked about that like half an hour yeah. ago, mate. Like yep. we've, we've done, we're done with that. Like yep. you got to think, you got to sink your brain because we're already over that. Yeah. <laughs> what up, are you, what are you, you're three ago. I mean, what? We're in the, we're in the present, mate. Get in the present, not in the past. Um, it's like so, so incredible. And it made me think of um, Alan Pease. Have you heard of Alan Pease? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So he's a favorite of mine. I'm going to put his link into the show notes, why women read maps upside down and why men don't listen. And this again is that spatial awareness thing. And obviously we don't have physical maps so much anymore. Uh, but when we had the paper maps, you know, we used to have to turn them this way, turn them that way. It's like, I can't read it, you know, unless it's sort of the right way, like the way that I'm going. Um, and I used to do the street directories. Yeah. Oh my God. Folding. What a nightmare. Um, all the things that people don't have to deal with these days, but why women read maps <laughs> upside down and why men don't listen. And it's not so much that they don't listen, but it's a good example because in that book is a really good example of what we literally just spoke about in the car where this poor guy is sitting there and it's like his whole, his women, his wife and his um, girls, he's got daughters um, in the book. Um, and they're all having these amazing conversations and it's so interesting, but he's just trying to drive the car. And at one point, He's um, he actually stops and he just goes, can you all shut up? I'm trying to drive the car. And it's a cartoon. He does a little cartoon of it. And all the way you can imagine, all of the women are just going chins on the ground. What did you say? What? what? Um, they're like, how is that conversation hurting your driving? How can you not drive? And it's because they have to focus on one thing, but the conversation and the noise and the chatter and everything else is distracting him from the road. So I just thought that was such a good example. I'm like, my God, that just makes a lot of sense because, you know, we don't get it. As women, we don't understand, you know, how can they, how can they not drive a car while we're talking? What, what difference does that make? Um, so I just thought that was a really good example as well. And I had that happen um, just the other night with my children. My older two were sitting there having a conversation at the dinner table and I was lagging behind in the... <laughs> I was doing a whole heap of other different things and just wasn't focusing just trying to focus on one thing at a time Mm -hmm. you know um which which for me one thing at a time is generally about two or three things at a time like Mm -hmm. I've got everything in sets having such a big family um but I did the same thing and I sat down and I, I put in my two cents worth and the girls were like yeah that was like 
oh, conversations ago. You um, got it. Oh, like, oh, you got oh. it. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it funny, hurts. funny, funny. That yeah. really hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, but you said this. I'm like, yeah, but then we spoke about this and we spoke about this and then we spoke about this and I just went, oh, okay. And I sat there and I went, well, what are we speaking about now? <laughs> That really sucks. Oh my gosh. You did a you did a a, a male thing. You did a I male did. thing there. I did. Um, Letting in my masculine right. side. <laughs> well, that's good. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to balance. So I yeah. guess in summary today, um, we're really what we're talking about um is balance, you know, trying to find that balance. And you know, sometimes we do have to, as I gave the example with Kokoda, sometimes we do have to step back a little bit and let someone else step up, you know, let yeah. someone else kind of make the decisions, call the shots you know, and that could be really good for that other person's confidence, you know, putting themselves out there a little bit more, which yep. is sort of getting me into the next episode. Um, but I'd also recommend, you know, if you do find that you're on um, different pages and certainly Jason and I have done this, you know, get counselling, you know, marriage yep. counselling. Um, we just found that at one point we just were completely different pages and it was like everything we said was just, you know, not not coming across as intended. So we spoke to a third person. She's basically translated to both of us what the other person's trying to say (laughs) and we had major breakthroughs so if you do get to that point it's not worth throwing in the towel see you know obviously both people have to be willing to do it but see a third person see someone who doesn't know either of you and see if they can get you back on the same page yeah and what's his understanding what's he standing on what's my understanding what am I standing on um yeah very interesting very interesting So on the next episode, we're going to be talking about something what I was just sort of alluding to is putting yourself out there a bit more. And this is sort of an alignment with that conversation I had yesterday with that healer who's kind of stepped out of healing because um, one of the things that came up during our session was because he didn't know, he had no idea. He's like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? It was like he just keeps painting himself into a corner and he ends up in these really bad situations. And what came up was I was like, and based on family and upbringing, what came up for me with him was um, that he was keeping himself small. He was keeping himself small because he didn't want to be seen. And at one point I said, what happened to your shoulder blade? I felt like I'd literally been stabbed in the back, literally. I felt like I had a knife or a sword in my back. And he's done a lot of past life work. And I said, mate, you've physically been stabbed in the back before. And it was on the battlefield and you were a knight and this, this, this. And he said, yeah, I remember. And in this lifetime, and it was his right shoulder, right? So I'm pointing here. He goes, Michelle, I have had like, I think he said three shoulder reconstructions. He's done his rotator cuff all on this side. Wow. All on that side. And the listener at home may not be aware of this, but a lot of the time when you've had some terrible injury in a past life, either you'll have a birthmark there or some sort of sign that there's been something happen, or you'll have a weakness. And it's like, we always break the leg or the arm or the whatever on that side. But specifically, I was like, what happened here? And he goes, I just, everything breaks on that side. He said, I've had all these operations, the whole thing. So it's a real thing. This is a real thing. This is real, you know? So as leading, you you know, using that as an example, um, he tries to keep himself small because when he put himself out there, people get jealous. Yep. And that's what happened in that previous life. Same thing in this lifetime. People got jealous of him. They, you know, tried to ruin his reputation, whatever, whatever. And he was like, you know, obviously it's not good. I stick my neck out and it gets chopped off. My head gets chopped off. So he's keeping himself small, you know, and that was a big breakthrough. So I feel like that leads us into the next episode, which is putting yourself out there. It is always a risk. Yes. 
But I feel like, you know, it's a calculated risk and it's something that, you know, we're, we're not be, meant to be small in this lifetime. We're not meant to be. That's why you and yeah, I are doing what we're doing. Expand. Exactly. That's why Beck and I are doing what we're doing. We don't have to do this. We don't have to get on and, you know, do a podcast. We don't have to get on and do a Facebook Live every week or the joint Facebook Lives we do. We don't have to do any of that. Before, you know, you and I met, I wasn't doing any of those things. I wasn't. Uh-huh. I wasn't even teaching. And then that's a good thing for putting yourself out there, Michelle. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah. And you're the one that you're the one that suggested it. And Beck, I'll tell you before we finish up, I'll tell you, I've actually got a More message. Than a suggestion. From a lady. Yeah. I'll tell you, I've got a message from a lady and she wants me to host her birthday party and do readings, like to basically do oh. platform. And you can imagine, I was like, like I just like shrunk into this little shrill kind of grape kind of raisin, you know, thing. And I'm like, oh my God. And she's like, what do you charge? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And I like gave her some unrealistic amount. And um, she's booked in. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> 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 so I'm like, oh. And as I always say to Beck, don't ever, don't ever rule anything out. Don't ever say you wouldn't do anything because the universe is goddamn going to give it to you. If you rule it out, it's like you get that. That's right. Here you go. Enjoy. You put it out there. Enjoy. Yep. You put yeah. the thought out there. Thoughts, yep. thoughts and feelings. Put oh. them out there. So That's here's me going, oh, mate, you can't keep yourself small. What are you doing over here? What's this situation? And then I got, and I got this message from this lady and I went, oh, you are kidding me. You are kidding me. <laughs> oh, I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> anyway, I'll keep you updated and uh, let yes. you know what happens. With that Thank one. you. Yes. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, thanks for listening.